man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Thanks. <laughs> Help me get through this week. Yeah, this one. Let's ride. Oh, no, you did. Oh, my God. Nice. Late to work sports. 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 What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports, where we got no agendas and just raw sports. I'm your host, as always, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray Ray. Oh, what up, Ray Ray? Hey, what's up, John? Hey, man. What a what a week in sports. We I, th- I feel like we did pretty well on these uh, predictions when you go to recap them. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did pretty good. Unfortunately, uh, we knew there was one game that was going to decide who won this week, and uh, I did not win that one, so... There's that. But. It's a cheap win. It's a, it's a cheap win. Look, <laughs> I was down. I got to get a cheap win in somewhere. I got to come back. Hey, hey, hey. No, you don't. Uh, we got a pretty good show, man. We got a special guest coming on later in the show. Um, and we're going to talk about a little playoff baseball. We're getting close to the World Series. And uh, college football is getting kind of wild, getting kind of crazy. So I'm excited. Uh, if you're ready, Ray Ray, uh, we'll roll into it, man. Hey, yes, sir. Let's get after it. All right, then, man. Let's get it. All right. So, right, right this week, how about we uh, throw a little curveball out there to the fans? And we're going to go ahead and lead off with MLB, a little playoff baseball. How's that sound, man? I like, I like that little wordplay you had there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, let's start it off. So, well, I know in the time of us recording right now, we've just seen game three and in the MLB playoffs against the uh, Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. So the Battle of Texas there. This one, man, is it's getting good. right? Both sides are getting good. We got, uh, for the listeners out there, maybe you may or may not have been paying attention, we got the Houston Texans versus, excuse me, the Houston Astros. My bad, mine's on football. The Houston Astros versus the Texas Rangers. And then we also have the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Philadelphia Phillies. I know that hurts you to hear that word, Ray Ray, but the Philadelphia I'm Phillies. I'm blocking it out. Okay, very well. Hey, it happens. I did that for years after the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Falcons. Hey, look, I have one friend who uh, doesn't even watch baseball as soon as the Braves lose. He says, well, baseball has ended. <laughs> I'm not that level of salty, but that's absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. The moment the Braves get knocked out, he goes on Facebook and he put, "Well, that's the end of the baseball season for me." <laughs> well, uh, well, that is not the end of the baseball season. Uh, so right now, we got the series between Houston and Texas is two-one mm-hmm. Rangers. So this series, to me, man, is super close. Game one was decided two nothing Rangers. Game two was decided three four Rangers. Game three, like we said, just ended right before we came on the air, and that was eight to five Astros. We're seeing a lot of firepower, especially after game one in this game, where game one was two combined runs, game two was nine, and game three was thirteen. So we're seeing a lot of firepower here, man. But I, I believe this one to me, Ray Ray, is is a very close series as far as competition. Uh, I think 
Houston is the better team, but I think the Rangers are playing up a level. You know, what I mean, they got that little bit of chip on their shoulder. Maybe they're uh, maybe they're fighting for all of America against the Houston Astros. Who knows? But I think this one, me personally, if you is ain't cheating, go... you ain't trying. Hey man, <laughs> are you Astros fan? <laughs> Heck no. Okay. Me, I got to go repent. Hey, is there a Catholic listening? I need to go to uh, <laughs> repent to mass and yeah. repent. I need, I need to go to confession. Oh man, yeah, I do not like the Astros. So we'll get that out of the way. I know that. No. I know I say it every episode, but nope. I just want to make sure no one forgot. Yeah, yeah, we all know the uh, the real team name there. Yeah, but I I think I think this is going to be a game seven. I was expecting Houston. I didn't expect Houston to go down three three to zero. So I did expect them to come back. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a game seven and a tough one for me. But I'm going to give this one to Rangers. I don't know how much of that is logic and how much of that is just pulling against the Astros. But where do you got this series ending, my my friend? It's hard to say, man. Uh, I, I just want the Astros not to win anymore. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I mean, I just hope that the Rangers come in and just put the nail in the coffin, if I had to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, like you said, I think we can all agree, besides the Astros fans, that no one really cares for the Astros. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, if it does come down to the Phillies and the the Astros, I think we're going to have to pull for, for the Phillies, and that's saying something. Well, it's kind of like... I don't like the Dodgers. I was telling uh, one of my coworkers this today. I don't like the Dodgers, right? I'm a Padres right. fan. I hate the Dodgers. But I'm going to tell you what. If it's the Dodgers versus the Astros in the World Series, I hope L.A. brings mm-hmm. another one home, man, because uh, I just can't root for for the Astros. But Yeah. So yeah. you so taking heart uh, aside. Rangers game six. Rangers game six. Wow, six. Okay. I don't think the Astros – I don't think they stretch it. Wow. Okay. So, dang, six games. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give Astros a. Uh, they'll win the next one too, and then I think the Rangers are gonna go on a two game streak and just put it down. Mm. Well, it is very hard. We'll see. We'll know by next episode. <laughs> it is very hard to win four in a row. Mm-hmm. Now the Rangers have got a little little bump, a little goose egg, whatever. They did have a close game too, so it could go any way. But we'll see how this one ages, man. So next we got the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Philadelphia Phillies. To me, this series is not as close. I know that the Diamondbacks have been riding hot. I know that everybody's like, oh, check them out, check them out, check them out. But, dude, the Phillies just have power. I mean, they just put up numbers. Game one, well, yep. it was 5-3. to three. Yep. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. Game one was 5-3. to three. Game two, 10 to nothing. So we got game three on Thursday which is tomorrow, if I'm taking anything away from this right here, it's that the Diamondbacks are struggling to hit against this bullpen, and the Phillies can't do anything wrong. 15 runs in two games. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, that's outscoring some NFL teams in the past month of football in just two games of baseball. Patriots fans turn away. <laughs> yeah, man, I... Uh... I'm gonna give. I did see a. I saw a stat real quick. I, I'm trying to find it when you say your thing, just so or a comparison of Bryce Harper. As much as I can't stand him, it's quite the stat that hey, game respect game or notice game. So you go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna find that. But when I say it out of nowhere, just know that's what I was looking for. All right. Well, uh, I think Arizona is gonna win at least one game, maybe even squeak two. But ultimately, I don't see it going past six. 
I see Philadelphia making the World Series again in six games, and I'm hoping we don't see a World Series like we did last year. But there's a possibility we could see a repeat with uh, hopefully Philly taking it. At the end of the day, as long as the Astros lose. You got Diamondbacks or yep, Philly? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey, man, that's at the end of the day. It did, what was it, 2018, 2019? They just made an enemy of themselves to everybody. Twenty nineteen, maybe I think it was. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, because I was in Paris Island at the time. So, who you got winning this one? Diamondbacks or Phillies? I think realistically it's Phillies. Uh, but if you want to go for the Cinderella story, we're going to pull for the Diamondbacks, right? I'm gonna be honest with but, you. If we're going Cinderella story, I want Diamondbacks to win it all. Oh, yeah, 100%. But let's just be real with the way they're playing and with the way, again, Bryce Harper's definitely Mr. October right now. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. I just The Phillies are on a hot streak. Phillies swept the first series, almost swept the Braves. I would not be surprised if they game four sweep the Diamondbacks. Mm. Just So the, the stat I have for you, though, is Uh-oh. Harper's 15th playoff home run on Monday tied Babe Ruth for the most... Uh, so it's here. Here's the full. Harper's 15th playoff home run on Monday tied Ruth and former teammate Jason Worth for 16th of all-time postseason leaderboard. Harper would have also been tied with Schwarber had the latter not let off the game with a 16th career playoff dinger. So I like he's in already postseason history. Wow. For these home runs, yeah, and his his OPS is third behind Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth as well for just being wow. able to go out there and yeah. So, dude, dude is a monster. Dude is uh, playing at a high he level. He is a postseason monster. Dude, he's been playing yeah. at a high level for years, though. You know, so yeah, yeah. Those are some old names to be up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great company. So yeah. All right, man. So I think the way he just real quick, the way to beat the Phillies is to not let them get in the playoffs. <laughs> it's a Bryce. It's a Bryce Harper thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely what you don't want to do. You don't want to let them make it like. Don't mess around. Don't let us get there. Let us back in. That's it, man. Well, uh, let's roll into college football then. Hopefully next game will be our next show. I guess we'll be talking about World Series, but let's roll into the college football world, man, and uh, let you let you take us there and break us down on, on what happened this week and what's to come. So you and I did pretty well in our week seven predictions. I can't remember if you picked Oregon or Washington. Washington. So Washington would, in fact, get it done against Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say Bo Nix didn't do as bad as he could. Okay, He did have a good game. He threw 337 yards, two TDs, no picks. But ultimately, it wouldn't matter because Washington did get it done. You know, Michael Penix Jr., he threw a late TD pass right there at the end. What was like 14 seconds left or something? I think it was another know, like yeah. showstopper. It was somewhere right there on the wire. It was a wild finish. I loved it. He would go. He ended up three hundred two yards, four TDs, and one pick. So at the end of it all, it's a great football game. Unless you're an Oregon fan, thirty six to thirty three. That's good football. That's one of those I can watch because you know I'm not a fan of either and just have a good time. Even if your team lost, I, you can't say it wasn't a great game. I mean, you can't just be salty, but I mean, you still point. be like, it's only it's only a great game if we win. <laughs> Very true. Uh, the big shocker, I think, on this one was where USC comes crumbling down. Well, not just a loss to Notre Dame, but a giant loss to Notre Dame. Caleb Williams would be in rare form, only threw 199 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. 
That is rare form for him. I was about to say, if that's rare yeah. form, the As, man's doing good. Yeah. For someone who has thrown almost no interceptions, he's thrown four interceptions on the season. Three of them come from this game. Sam Hartman wasn't much uh, different, though. It wasn't much better. He only threw 126 yards, two TDs. When you look at the breakdown, there's really not much going on. It just really seemed more like a ground pound or punt, punt. You know, we just have short game, short range kind of stuff going on here. But ultimately, Notre Dame wins 48-20. And the deciding factor, like we always talk about, is turnovers. USC would have five to Notre Dame's zero. Mm. Yeah, that's that makes sense how you're going to lose 48-20 when you turn the ball over five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, other than that, man, there wasn't really too big of anything going on here. You know, a few quick recaps. Alabama just does edge out Arkansas 24-21. We didn't really touch base on that one. North Carolina would stay perfect with a 41-31 win over Miami. Tennessee and A&M would slug it out, upset that Tennessee would walk away with this one 20-13. LSU absolutely just steamrolls Auburn 48-18. And Missouri would come in and upset Kentucky 38-21. Like I said. But I know I've set you up here because I'm sure you're probably thinking about what about that Arizona game. I didn't forget about it. Arizona would come in and absolutely upset Washington State. Did you know did you see what the final score was on that game? <laughs> I looked it up, I can't remember. <laughs> but it was 44 ugly. Four to six. Yeah, I was uh I was yeah. out like at a fall festival when you texted me that and, yeah. and it was out out of the blue, you're just like Arizona wants it. And I'm like, what is this man talking yeah. about? <laughs> they were upset with last week's loss. <laughs> well, I am upset and- that you left off, and maybe you didn't, the Colorado versus Stanford oh. game. Oh. You are not wrong. Yeah, what a way to lead, what, 29-0 to zero yeah. at half? I fell asleep during that game, man. I was so tired yeah. from out here recruiting, you know, out here hustling, that oh. uh, I fell asleep and... <laughs> Kelsey actually watched the game, and I woke up, and she's like, okay, babe, time to go to bed. And I was like, okay. And I woke up the next morning, looked at the score, and was like, what? And I asked I her, and she's she like, wake you up? no, 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 I asked her, and she's like, oh, it was a great game. I actually sat and watched it. I was like, what? You let me sleep during such a good game? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's right, because he has the biggest comeback loss now. It's, uh, it's ugly. And, it was, and, it, and at the end of it, he was saying they play, they got no heart, no love for the game. Well, here's the problem, man. Somebody, uh, they're talking about it. They threw it out there, and I have to look at their games because I don't remember you know, who they have coming up off the top of my head. But Colorado's schedule moving forward is really tough. And uh, if they don't win two more games, they're not bowl eligible. So you just lost to a team that had one win on the season. And your competition, theoretically, is not going to get any easier. So at this point, it's like, dude, you're setting yourself up trying to be, I told you, man, I told you that I feel like they've bought into their own hype. I told you that going into uh, their, this losing streak, I guess. Look, man, either way, they're still 400% better than last year. This is true, but they could be better. Had you stayed humble. Stop trying to walk around and flash your watch, man. Mm -hmm. Just like, come on, dude, get out there and play. Stop all the antics. Stop trying to cause problems at the beginning of the game before it starts on the field. And Man, forget all that crap. Get out there and just play. Let your play and do the talking. The only other takeaway I have is a sad Georgia fan 
is Bryce Bryce good grief Brock Bowers being out four to six weeks. That's painful with tight, yeah, with tight rope surgery. Thankfully, we'll be going into a bye week, so three to five weeks. But uh, we Georgia fans will find out real soon if the ship can continue without its captain. Or we will go down. Yeah. We're going to have to have guys step up. I was going to say, y'all were, when I seen that come across my my phone, mm-hmm. I said, oh, we're about to see what Georgia's really made of. Yeah. I don't hate the injury just because I'm a Georgia fan. I just hate to see it for college players anyway, which is how short of a time period they have to make it to the next level. Yeah, it's very short. It's very short. Not only that, man, uh, when you look at today's game especially, how many college games they actually get to play – yeah. And if you're reaching into the 40, if you're reaching into the 40s, you had a long college career. So now don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be hurt when it comes to his draft stock. I don't think he's going to go down. No. But still, it still sucks. Mm-hmm. You just hate to see young guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see if people can step up. But other than that, man, I got nothing else for a week seven recap. Yeah, there were some good games, man. It, I feel like college football was definitely more intriguing than NFL football this week. So, yeah. you know, they were yeah, definitely... Yeah, a lot better matchups. Yeah, there was a lot more to me. I sat and watched a lot more of the NFL than I did college. And uh, there was just didn't seem like anything that really caught my mind, or caught my eye, except for a couple games. Yeah. But we'll get into that later, so... Well, when we look at week eight, I only have, personally... Four games to look at. They're all top 25 matchups. Some of them a little bit closer than others. Some look like they're going to probably be steamrolls. Maybe it's not really a game to watch, but it could be an upset alert. Who knows? So first I got number seven, Penn State, taking on number three, Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I think this will be a slugout game. Both teams are undefeated. As we said, we're top ten. We have to be undefeated. Ohio State has had, you know, there's some games where we've talked about they could have been a little bit better, but we've also talked about how a lot of teams could have been a lot better against other teams. It's just been a very weird college football year. Yep. Ohio is favored only by four and a half points, so I got to give that, you know, a little edge to the Lions there. That's not a big difference to have to overcome. I have not personally, though, watched many games. I don't know, like, tape-wise on these two. It's the hard thing about college football. It's hard to watch everybody. There's a lot of people, a lot of teams at any given any given Saturday. Yeah. Any yeah. Now I will say though, the disadvantage for the Nittany Lions is they have struggled with the Buckeyes and Michigan over their past few years. I don't think this year's gonna be much different as the Lions are one and eight against OSU. I don't I don't think they're gonna overcome it. I think Ohio State at the end of the day is the better team. But hey, we we see that happen all the time. We see the better team lose all the time. So this one was a tough one for me, but I chose to go Penn State. I know, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, they don't have a very good record lately with them, but I, I just feel like looking at it, there's some questions around the quarterback position for Ohio State mm-hmm. and the rushing attack. Yes, Penn State is not throwing for as much yards, but their rushing attack seems to be better. So... I'm going to go ahead and, and lean the opposite way, and I'm going to give this upset to Penn State because obviously even though you're the number seven team in the nation, I know traditionally you would not be the underdogs, but you're also playing the number three team in the nation. So At home. At home. At, the, at their home. So I'm yeah, going to go so ahead and give this one to uh, Penn State. Okay. I'm going to say Penn State. Hey, I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I hope you're right because I cannot stand the 
Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> Next is uh this is a a tear for me as number seventeen Tennessee takes on number eleven Alabama. I think you can already tell why this is a tear for me. At the end of the day, one of these fan bases are going to be upset as they take a second loss. And as we know, two losses in the college football world in conference is almost a death sentence. Both teams definitely have some holes. I don't think they're going to fill them for this game, but I think at the end of the day, it's whatever team fills these holes will be who wins. Bama's record still is perfect, though, when playing in the SEC. Tennessee's one loss came inside, so Bama has more on the line here than Tennessee does as far as coming to play for the conference championship. And they're playing in Tuscaloosa, so I think Bama's going to have that. They're, you know, they're going to have that knowledge. There's no coach out there not letting them know, hey, we still have a chance if we keep winning these games and we can knock Tennessee out, and we hate Tennessee because they want to use Rocky Top. So you got at the end of the day, oops, sorry. I got nothing good to say about Tennessee. I cannot ever <laughs> pull for the Vols. So to all you orange folk and all the ones I named last week, I won't name you all again. I'm going to have to go with the Tide. Yep, I got Bama winning this one too. I, I think uh, Nick Saban doesn't lose too many. I think uh, I understand no. that Tennessee did do well last time and all this mm-hmm. and that. But, uh, and, and when I picked them not to do well, they did do well. But I just feel that Bama has got it figured out better. Bama is, uh-huh. is better at prepping, and it's a home game. So I'm going to give it to Bama. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely two different teams than last year as well. Tennessee does not have the same talent as they had last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely agree. At all. Yeah, so. All right. Number 16, Duke takes on number four, FSU. I think at the end of the day, to kind of skip to the end of this, Tyler is going to end up being happy. I don't see Duke really coming in to upset FSU. FSU has looked to be one of the most put-together teams overall. Again, they've had a few games. It's like, what the heck? Everybody's had those games. Everybody right now who's in a top-five team has had like one just blowout game and then just a few slugout games. Duke has had some injuries. Duke kind of has looked a little iffy. Duke struggled with Notre Dame, and I think we picked Duke to win that one, did we not? I believe so, yeah. Either way... FSU, to me, they're favored by 14.5 points. That says something when you got a top 25 matchup and they're home. Tyler, I think you're going to be watching this one easily as the Seminoles take this game. I'm going to go FSU. This one was, I was kind of a little bit torn because we have seen Mm -hmm. some rough FSU games lately. But overall, I don't think I can pull against them. So FSU wins this one. I don't want to get dirty messages from Tyler, like, coming after me, so. (laughs) <laughs> I think this will be, personally, out of all the games, I think this number 14, Utah, versus 18, USC, is going to be the better of all of them, even better than our number three against number seven. Uh, just to the fact that Utah has history with USC at this point, specifically Caleb Williams with the F Utah fingernails. Still don't ever think that's a classy move. But Utah has seen that the favored USC is beatable. A team that I think we can agree should have easily won last week. Completely struggled. Now we see that Utah goes, hey, we have a chance. They did it. We can do it. That given said, you know, you, you they can live up to that hype. So I think that will be in itself be a slugout game. Their issue is going to be is I don't think that Williams is going to struggle the way he did. He's going to prove that, hey, that's not me. It was a fluke. I'm not throwing three more picks. We're not going to turn the ball over five times. You know, Utah's still going to go down. 
We got something. So everybody's got something to play, something to prove. But at the end of the day, only one team can win. There's no ties. But there is a lot of crying sometimes. So who I think you... it's a slim chance. Utah's going to win by a field goal. Boy, my bad, man. I keep I keep thinking you're done. My bad. You, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you think good. Utah? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. That just sunk in. You said yep. Utah? By a field goal. Wow. Okay. Well, this is our second one different. I think USC is going to come back. Twenty-four. I think it's going to be a high score because I don't think, think? I don't think USC's defense. I don't think USC's defense can can hold anybody that's, to low scores. That's fair. So I think it's going to be both of them. I think are going to be over thirty. I could see okay. them. I could see it being in the forties for both of them. I just, I, I think Utah is going to attempt to do what Notre Dame did. I don't think Utah has the talent that Notre Dame does. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But, hey, at the same time, I didn't know if Notre Dame could do it. You know, so we'll see which U2 all team is going to come out and play. That's what we're going to see. The same way same way that last week it was which Notre Dame team is going to come out and play, which Utah team is going to come out and play, which USC team is going to come out and play. What we can count on is yep. USC's defense is going to struggle. So, I think yep. that Caleb Williams bounces back and they light it up and it's a high-scoring affair. But USC pulls away and uh, wins anywhere between seven to ten points, no more. Okay, okay, yeah. Just uh, just touch base on the Notre Dame thing. I'd hate to be that fan. Just in the fact of what a roller coaster of emotions you'd be living with every single week. Every single week? You mean every single year? Yeah. You start oh, out high and well, just shoot. Get dashed. Especially this, especially this year. There's just. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's all I got, man. I don't know if you got any certain games that you want to watch, anything that you got. But other than that, there's no Georgia game this week, like I've already said. Hopefully Bowers gets better, and uh, we use this week to learn how to not have him. No, no big games that I really want to watch. Uh, the only one I'll go ahead and honorably mention it is uh, Navy versus Air Force. Air Force is 6-0. and Navy, I believe, is 3-3, three and three, so we'll see how that one plays out. Mm. Um... I feel Navy is probably going to lose it, unfortunately. I hope not, mm-hmm. of course, for obvious reasons. But we'll see how that plays out. So, well, with that, man, I uh, I think we are about ready to bring our special guest on the air. I got nothing else. I got nothing else. Okay. Well, then uh, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and reach out. We got uh, we got Rogue coming in to help us out with uh, the NFL and all the kind of stuff moving on and, and happening and injuries and notable topics and games and all this and that. So, uh, Rogue, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, yep. Glad to have you. Of course, of course. So, well, gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and uh, recap week six here in the NFL and then we kind of go into some topics and notable stuff. So, first off, we had uh, we had the Broncos take on the Chiefs, and Chiefs look a little bit shaky going in this one, but the Broncos look way more. I mean, the Broncos are just struggling to get together. So, as one team goes five and one, while the other team goes one and five at the end of this game, Chiefs win it nineteen to eight. Commanders at the Falcons, Ritter. Has never lost at a home game, college or NFL. Unfortunately, today would be different. 
After a good last week, I have to say that I believe the questions are starting to creep back up for everybody about Ritter as he threw three picks. Commanders win 24-16. to Ravens at the Titans, but really it was an international game, so Titans really weren't home game either. Soccer is huge over there, and uh, as we are soon to find out here, this game was really all about kicking as well. Justin Tucker kicked six field goals. And Nick Falk kicks two more, eight field goals oh, among crap. these teams. Oh, yeah. Wow. In the end, the Ravens leave the victor 24-16. to 16. Seahawks at the Bengals. The Seahawks would have over 150 more yards than the Bengals in this Sunday matchup, but they would struggle to keep a hold of the ball, turning it over two times. No one would see the end zone after halftime, but in the end, the Bengals would hold on to it to win 17-13. to 13. Colts at the Jaguars. No Anthony Richardson. So how would the Colts do? Injury concerns from last week for Trevor Lawrence. So how would the Jags do? The answer to both these questions, Colts defense. The Colts would put up over 350 yards to the Jags 213. But the four turnovers by the Colts would be too much to overcome. Jags win this one easily. 37 to 20. So this week, it wasn't the Colts defense that let them down. It was the Colts offense. Panthers at Dolphins. Panthers hungry for that first win. They're playing the Dolphins who are putting up ungodly numbers. They got the most yards in NFL history through this point in the season. The Panthers would protect the ball, but in the end, they they just couldn't keep up with the speedy Dolphins. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Slow down yards and points by the Dolphins standards. But still an easy win. 42-21 Dolphins. Panthers drop to 0-6. Still the only team without a win. Vikings at the Bears. This is the only game Ray Ray and I had different. This game would start off all field goals until 12 seconds before the half. Justin Fields would lead the game. And I think this dude's name is Begint. Would come in. Kirk Cousins would cool off from the beginning of the year when he was just lighting it up without Justin Jefferson in there. In the end, the Vikings would do just enough and win 19-13. 49ers at the Browns. 49ers are undefeated. Browns are 2-2. Two two. Should be an easy win for the 49ers, right? Well, we would see injuries that would prove to be tough for the 49ers to overcome as they would lose Debo Samuel, CMC, and Trent Williams. But they still hung in, and Jake Moody would line up to kick the game-winning field goal and miss. Browns hand the 49ers their first loss of the season, 19-17. Saints at the Texans. C.J. Stroud hadn't thrown an INT all year, all career. Well, this week would be that week streak ends. On paper, the Saints would beat the Texans in almost every statistical category. Except the one that really matters, and that's points. Texans win 20-13. to Patriots at Raiders. It's been weeks, weeks since we've seen the, te- the Patriots score a touchdown. This week, we would see them score two, but still no passing touchdowns. The Patriots would play behind the whole game. Defense would prove to be the issue here as the Patriots would be held to 259 total yards one turnover at one safety. So I guess you could say defense was the issue for the Patriots. 
Raiders win this one 21-17. Lions at Buccaneers. Detroit is looking good. Golf is hushing people who doubted him when he left L.A. He would throw 353 yards and two touchdowns. The defense would crush the Bucks' offense, not allowing a single TD by them. Lions win this one 20-6. Cardinals at Rams. The Rams are back. At least this week they are. Cup comes back in big force and gets 147 yards on seven receptions and records one TD. Puka has a slow week, but my fantasy team did overall have a slow week, so whatever. Doesn't hurt me this week. I lost anyways. No TDs by the Cardinals and no points after half would help the Rams easily win this one. Rams go to 3-3 three and three with a win of 26-9. to nine. Eagles and Jets. The final unbeaten team is playing in the Philadelphia Eagles. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles 0-12. The Jets, however, would protect the ball perfectly, which honestly is what they needed. The Eagles would throw three interceptions and fumble once. It's a rough day by Hertz as his final INT came as the Eagles were trying to close the game out. The Jets would hold on to hand the last unbeaten team their first loss. Jets win 20-19, first time in franchise history. Giants at Bills. The Giants would have over 300 total yards and no turnovers, and honestly, a really a defensive battle with the Bills. Tyrod Taylor would come in and do well for the Giants. In the end, they would mishandle the clock at the end of the first half and leave points out there, which would later come back and haunt them in the game as they would need a touchdown and not a field goal to win the game. They would prove, like I said, to mess them up in the end. The Bills would end up winning this one as they would beat the Giants 14-9. Cowboys and Chargers. Monday night would feature two teams who are arguably unperforming this year. Everything would fall on Herbert's shoulders as the rushing attack could never get going, barely breaking 50 yards on 23 attempts. The game would go into the fourth quarter tied 10-10. Late in the fourth, it would be tied 17-17. But with a little over two minutes left, the Cowboys would kick the game-winning field goal and ultimately hold on. Cowboys win 20-17. to And Ray Ray, as you said, we were really close this week, but that one game difference proved to be the deciding factor. I had a record of 10-5. and You had a record of 11-4. and So You know, that's that's not bad. No, no, no. It just sucks to have done just, that good just, and lost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'd say, like, overall, it, was, it shows why it's a good thing we picked so similar, because otherwise one of us would have looked absolutely foolish. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, well, let's go ahead and pass it over to Rogue then, since he's a guest on the show. Rogue, uh, out of these games, man, what was like a, a anything big on these games? One ones you really want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, looking over this Pax week's slate, a lot of I guess lower scoring games. Um, we definitely had a couple of upsets this week. Uh, you know, both mm-hmm. of the last unbeaten teams fell. The Niners to the Browns. Um, Browns defense, I think, is for real. Uh, just looking at how they've handled some other teams earlier this season, like the Bengals in the uh, debut game. Uh, and they came in. Niners did have some injuries uh, that we'll be have to watch out for, Debo and CMC. Um, I've heard that they are both not very serious injuries, so they might be mm-hmm. um, day-to-day or... We'll see how their status is ahead of time. But Purdy had his probably his worst game as a pro so far. I think he only threw for 120-ish yards, and he 
didn't complete half of his passes. Um, so it was a rough day. It was his first really challenging game uh, in the NFL. So we'll see how he bounces back from this, uh, especially considering his loaded roster around him. As for the Browns mm-hmm. side, you know, it's you know we're excited to see where they could go. They were trotting out P.J. Uh, Walker this week. He had two interceptions, but he did make a couple plays in the fourth quarter to put them in, in a good position. And then, yeah, the Niners um, got a little bit of a bad luck with their kicker whiffing the, the game-winning field goal. So the Browns escaped with this one, but we'll see um, when Watson returns if they're going to get any better, if their defense could keep winning games from them. But, yeah, that was a that was a surprising upset that I've noticed this week. Yeah, uh, to what you said, man, for both of them. So the Browns' defense, I don't know if you know this or not, but through five games, they're only allowing an average of 200.5 yards. That has not been done in over 50 years. The last time was 1971 by the then Baltimore Colts, and they allowed, like, 800 wow. and like 60 or something like that. So crazy, crazy thing. If their offense could get it together, I think that could really be something. So that that's huge, man. And then also, like you said about the injuries, I got a little, little blurp on that for you. So they did lose Trent Williams, CMC, and Debo in that game. So they're kind of being secretive about what's wrong with them. CMC has an oblique slash rib injury, mm-hmm. and we're not really being told much more. But they're saying that we could see him play Monday. As for Debo and Williams, Williams has a lower right ankle injury and Debo has a shoulder injury. We're not really getting much else except for that they are day to day. So I'm I'm sure that is to keep, you know, uh their opponents this week mm-hmm. on their toes, but we'll see how that how that plays out. If and Ray Ray, you you tell me what you think. I think if we can say anything about the 49ers, it's that first off attrition. <laughs> what? It's just just attrition for them. Yeah, I was gonna say solid something is like, pretty much. That's that kind of what I was gonna say. We seen this last year, right? Um, except for the quarterback yeah. position, injuries are horrible for them. And and to at the quarterback position last year, they did really well with depth, right? But if I'm seeing anything going on here, first off. When you lose CMC and Debo, those are arguably your two biggest playmakers on offense. You lose both of them in the same game, it's probably going to be very hard to change up a game plan and beat a defense that is playing as good as the Browns. So I don't hold that against Purdy, right? Oh, yeah. You're, you're a second-year quarterback. I mean, you're to me, you're the best second-year quarterback in the league by yeah, far. Yeah, you just took your first loss. Exactly. So you're, so you're a second-year quarterback. However, what this does show a little concern to me, gentlemen, is – the 49ers, I don't think they really have a whole lot of depth on their charts because they 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 have some key pieces go down. But uh, who's going to step up to run the ball for the 49ers if Debo goes down and can't come back? You know, you can't do everything. Kittle was almost non-existent this week. I think he was non-existent. I think he scored like one point one fantasy points for one of some guy, or one of my guys in our league or something like. It's it, it kind of looks at it like, okay, do you have the next man up mentality that we've seen work with the Patriots for year in, year out? Or are you built to only succeed if your starters can play? 
Am I the only one that kind of sees that, or 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 either one of y'all gentlemen thinking that as well? I mean, that's kind of been the trend the last few seasons, right? I feel like for the Niners, their biggest enemy has been health. But you bring up a good point that, uh, yeah, the Niners starters do a lot of heavy lifting on their team. I know in the Shanahan system, uh, always the next running back is able to be called up and find success game to game. And I know that must be a nightmare for fantasy managers to figure that out. But yeah, I mean, the Niners have gone through this year to year. Uh, You could chalk it up to bad luck. You could chalk it up to uh, just needing to find more depth. But this is definitely a reoccurring issue. I mean, even even with this loss, I still have the Niners right now. If If they're able to regather and recollect they're definitely Super Bowl favorites but again that question of health is going to come up as the season goes on longer and they prepare for a playoff run I think I, agree uh, with I will that. say John you, you were correct it was 1.1 points uh, I, I am that proud owner and victory claimer over you for next uh, last week <laughs> you gotta, you gotta throw in there that you beat me. Listen, dude, I had probably the worst hey, yeah, week I I've ever had in that, fantasy football. I gotta throw in that you lost when I had a guy get one point one points. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I had like two or three guys get like less than three points a piece. I think two of them no. got under two points. I had, I had David Montgomery injury, Debo Samuel injury, oh. and then Logan Thomas. I played him because. Surely the Washington Commanders are going to throw to this dude. He put up twenty points for them in fantasy football last week. He caught balls. He had, I think, a touchdown. I mean, dude was all over the place. Surely you're going to get this dude involved again, right? In a hostile environment, playing against Atlanta defense has been very, very good. And a tight end is supposed to be your security blanket. Yeah, one point, two points. Thanks, guy. Appreciate it. You threw one pass to him for two yards. So, yeah. well, I didn't mean to get you on a. Fantasy tangent. Yeah, you did, man. You just want to make me sad again. My season's over, anyways. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, you can change your name to Struggle Bus. I'm just happy to be four and two at this point. (laughs) But to touch base on your your question for San Francisco is when you really break it down, how many teams have a lot of depth at certain positions, especially with how much that you're shelling out now, true, just to keep one guy around. I mean, so I'm happy to hope. You know, I'm playing that college mentality of next man up. Like, prove to me why you should stick around and why at second string I should start paying you a lot of money. True, true. But if if the 49ers don't win this year, it's the same reason why they didn't win last year. Everybody's just broke. But actually. Well, my game that I want to talk about, gentlemen, see what you think. Uh, I think we got to talk about the other team that was undefeated that lost this week. Oh, yeah. And this is... To me, Jalen Hurts played a horrible game against a team that doesn't... Let's be honest. Let's be honest, man. Zach Wilson has one or two good games here and there, but he's not a starting caliber quarterback in this league. At least not for the Jets. I haven't seen him play for any other team. Right? He may get into the right situation and crush it. But for the Jets, he he is not showing me that he is the caliber team that I want to keep around, running my team long-term, running the helm. But... He did enough. He figured it out. No turnovers. And they beat the Eagles and handed them their first loss. Now, they did not have, I think it was Jordan Davis and Darius Slay did not play. Obviously, those are two big hits. But again, Jalen Hurts threw three P. 
picks, Swift fumbled once. And one of those picks, man, was the Eagles had the lead towards the end of the game, and they threw an interception. And they ran all the way back to like the 20-something yard line. So at that point, they were setting up to kick a field goal and would have won, at that point, would have won the game. And, you know, so obviously the Eagles defense let let the Jets score because that's what you got to do. You got to play smart. You know, you got to put your pride to the side, let them score a touchdown because you need the ball back to have a chance to win the game. Or they're just going to run out there, run the clock out, and probably kick the game winner more than likely. But to me, I'm seeing week in, week out, the Eagles don't look like the same team they looked like last year because last year during the season, you can go back and play it. I was talking about if you told me to pick the MVP at that point in the season, until he got hurt, it was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback in the NFL to me last year until he got hurt, and then Patrick Mahomes took it over from him. But this year, we're not seeing the same thing. So are the Eagles getting figured out, or is there something going on? What what uh, what do y'all think? I mean, they've had both their coordinators uh, depart in the offseason, so I did expect there to be a little bit of mm-hmm. a transition period that Hurts and the offense had to go through. But so far this season, I think it's safe to say that Hurts hasn't really been living up to expectations. I mean, the media likes to likes to fawn over the, the whole brotherly shove or that little sneak move they do. But outside of that, a lot of Hurts' offense this year has been kind of buoyed by having A.J. Brown as his go-to. Um, but outside of that, you know, especially in this game, uh, Devonta's Von Smith, he's he struggled. He had like two drops. Uh, the rest of the offense, um, I know they had Lane Johnson, one of their key anchors on that O line, uh, leave with an injury, and then after that, um, it just mm-hmm. affected yeah the whole offense's pace and everything. So definitely some bad turnovers. Uh, the first one, I think, bounced off the receivers' arms. But yeah, that that last one that hurts through was was a real killer because they are up. They were driving. They had only a few minutes left in the game. He could have put it away with a couple first downs, and that was just a boneheaded play, to be honest. So, you know, this, this they're facing a Jets defense that had Sauce and DJ Reed out, too. So they weren't at their full capacity either. But the, the defense did their job in holding the Jets to some low points. But this Jets defense is also for real. Just up there with the Browns defense. They've been giving these quarterbacks, you know, a couple of weeks ago they played Mahomes. They they gave him some fits during the game. Now they just played Hurts and three interception game. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Eagles definitely have to figure some things out on the offensive side. Um, they need to get, they need to spread the ball out a little more. They need to get into a little more rhythm. And Hurts just has to find his footing because right now he's not looking anywhere near like the the near MVP case he was making for himself last year. And yeah, on the Jets side, Zach Wilson, obviously not not the solution. He's played better than some of his detractors have uh, said over the last few weeks. But again, he's, he's still not really a starter car- caliber quarterback in this league. Um, he's got a lot of nice offensive weapons around him. He's got Brees Hall. He's got Garrett Wilson to throw to, but he, you know, he should be doing more on his end. But that Jets defense is 
keeping them alive and keeping them at three to three when a lot of people thought the season was going to be chalked up and over when Rodgers was out mm-hmm. from the first few steps. Yeah, bust. Yeah, but hey, I mean, people were were swirling around some rumors when they saw Rodgers out there throwing throwing the ball. So yeah, you know. I was just gonna say, <laughs> did you see him out there throwing the ball? He he, they're saying he wants to come back. He. I know he said uh that I can't remember what the timetable was that he told him he wanted to be back, but it would be it's just like a week ten. Yeah, it would be an unprecedented. It's, cra- it's like a week ten projection. It's something crazy. Yeah, it's in the T. I know he's definitely yeah. talked about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to follow up Rogue with that breakdown as he just starts talking about pink shoes and everybody. I do agree with the brotherly shelf <laughs> thing. I do think it's funny that they're attacking that so hard. But at the end of the day, you just can't – I mean, you can't throw three picks. I think that's an easy win for the Eagles if Jalen Hurts doesn't struggle. Yeah, and then uh, to what, what Rogue said earlier, uh, just to double tap about the injury. So uh, there's actually – and this came out later in the week, right? So obviously we've seen Lane Johnson go down with a shoulder injury and an ankle injury, so – that's kind of that's a painful thing. We don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, we haven't really got any updates on that. But he did speak about Devonte Smith. So Devonte Smith is also injured. This came out after the game. Nobody knew, and he's missed practice this week. So we don't even know if he's going to play this week or not. But I'm going to tell you what: if he doesn't play, hmm. it could be an issue. Now the Eagles did just pick up Julio Jones, but you don't know. How who how well Julio is going to be? You still know that the skill is there, but is the health there? It's something that's gotten worse and worse and worse as the years went on. Right. The skill set is still there. I don't think the Bucks used him much. I don't think the Titans used him well. I do believe the Philadelphia Eagles could use him, but can he stay healthy? That is going to be the question. No, <laughs> you couldn't do it young. You're not going to do it old. I agree. Let's just be real. I, I agree. It's just, your body's just more feeble and more like to break down yeah i'm not doing that to be a hater it's just that's, that's damn's the facts it's <laughs> really hard to play wide receiver um as you get up there in age i mean jerry rice is just a unicorn compared to everyone else but yeah, yeah i think julio coming back it makes him the oldest active wide receiver um besides matthew slater if you even consider him but he he mostly plays special teams <laughs> so i just i just think it's julio yeah He's just trying to chase a ring, man. That man wants a ring so bad. He's got the taste of what it feels like to be in a Super Bowl, and he wants it. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think you should have took the minimum contract to go play for the 49ers if you wanted a ring this year, man. Yeah, that, that would have been the way to go. That would have been the, the smarter choice, in my opinion. Well, uh, John, are you trying to throw some shade to people in the office? Do, you, do I need to throw that T-ball up to you about your shenanigans with your unnamed QBs? Oh, oh, you mean, uh, oh man, I don't even remember that. I, the stat is off now, but yeah, uh, long story short, we'll, we'll spare everybody the questions, um, because Silva knows about it and he's gotten grilled. Everybody's went the way I figured they would. But coming into this week, you had one quarterback that I believe he had thrown for like 1,200 yards, uh, 11 touchdowns, and zero picks. The, the touchdowns, maybe one or two off. The yardage maybe a hundred or so off. Interceptions and fumbles, excuse me, turnovers were zero. That is correct. The other quarterback had a hundred yards less passing, but had 
more rushing yards and combined touchdown rushing and passing. I think they were at 10, but they had five or six turnovers, fumbles and interceptions. So Rogue, I ask you, if you're going to pick a quarterback to be on your team, which one of those two quarterbacks without knowing their names are you going to go after? You're asking which which of those two would I want on my team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you want more of a pocket passer that uh, he's thrown for he's thrown for nine touchdowns and rushed for two, zero turnovers, has fumbled the ball twice, but neither one of them was was recovered by the defense, or would you want the guy that is more mobile, can run better, has thrown has fumbled the ball and lost it two or three times and thrown like four four interceptions or something like that and has like 10 touchdowns, but he, but he is a dual threat. Which one of those would you prefer? Well, you know, with a dual threat quarterback, it's always an issue around, I guess, nowadays health, um, especially with quarterbacks, you know, being more prone to injury, it feels like nowadays. So if I, if my team has a good O-line, I definitely want that pocket passer and see what he could do. Okay. Well, just so you're aware, the two quarterbacks we were talking about through this week, through through coming into this week that just passed, was the first quarterback number one, Brock Purdy, quarterback number two, Jalen Hurts. So we went over this. My boy Silva in my office, great dude, is a diehard Eagles fan. I always tell him he's a bandwagon fan. I don't know if he is or isn't. I'm not going to admit. He might be a little biased like <laughs> me from Georgia. He's definitely biased, but he says that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy this year. And, or in general, and I said, hey, I don't know about in general, but I'm going to tell you this year, Purdy is, this is coming into last week, the number one quarterback of the NFL. I think Jared Goff has put an argument up there too. Two has put an argument up there. I think there's some more arguments now to be made. But but yeah, that was the, that was the argument. Ray Ray, I told him he was laughing. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I would have Purdy up in my top 10. Couple we- yeah, in the last few weeks, he's definitely played like a top five quarterback. I wouldn't crown him as as the number one right now, I think, you know, put him through some of these tougher games, like the ones against the Browns Mm -hmm. this past week, see how he does in those games. Um, But, you know, for someone who was the Mr. Irrelevant, he's definitely played much over expectations and he, he looks legit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you like stat wise, he was, he didn't have the most passing yards. I don't remember where he ranked it with touchdowns, but he was up there. But he had zero interceptions, and there was only a couple of quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud being one, that was going into this week with that. To me, at this point, he was the MVP favorite. I think now you – and I said this two episodes ago, you can make the argument to me that Tyreek Hill is up there and could be the NFL's MVP. He's doing stuff that we've never seen. He's putting up yardage that's unheard of. I think he honestly could be considered MVP this year. And I know everybody's going to be like, well, it's got to be a quarterback. You know, two is thrown to him. Yeah, but if you look yeah, at what... If you, if you take away, if you take him away, I know I'm cutting you off, but if you take no, him no, away, it's, it's it's different. Not only that, mm-hmm. man, Tua, Tua has a couple quarterbacks, or a couple wide receivers, excuse me, and you look at what he's doing at the quarterback position, Tua's doing nothing extravagant, nothing amazing, at the quarterback position, per se. He's not doing anything where you're like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like when you see Mahomes do stuff. But Tua's doing stuff where you're like, oh, my dude. 
I mean, every week I don't want to play this dude in fantasy because you're like, this dude's going to score 30, 40 points. You know, he's getting over 100 yards per game almost every game. Touchdown or two. I mean, just ungodly amount of receptions. The dude's doing stuff that we've never seen. And he's on pace with certain records right now that uh, that people like Calvin Johnson and stuff, he's tying records with them or surpassing them. At, at week six? At week six. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I think you can argue, make an argument. Of, I think it's a valid argument that Tyreek Hill could be an MVP, could be one of the front runners for MVP this year. I'm not saying he could finish with it, but as of right now, if you did who's week six MVP – if you put Tyreek Hill up there, I, I, I don't know if you could be proven wrong. It'd be hard to. Yeah, I don't disagree but, uh, with you there. <laughs> so what is what's the next week looking like, John? What we got in store? All right, so uh, so before we roll in the next week, I'll go ahead and tell you the uh, the the uh, injuries. So this kind of maybe help you, gentlemen, make up your mind moving forward. So. 49ers, like I said, already told you about CMC, Trent Williams, and Debo and how that's looking. Raiders lost Jimmy G to a back injury. There was a fear it was an internal issue, but they've since said it wasn't as bad as they thought. His status, however, is still uncertain this week. The Bears lose Justin Fields with a dislocated thumb. He may be able to play this week. They don't know yet. They're saying the swelling has went down a little bit, so time will tell with that one. Lions lose David Montgomery with a rib injury, and he's likely to miss time as well. Mm. This is bad for the Lions because they already have two injuries at the running back running back position. So it could be an issue. Eagles, like we already said, Lane Johnson, how they lost him, and Devontae Smith. They've both missed practice this week, so we don't know what their status is. Jags, Trevor Lawrence, is he's not in good shape either. Uh, he's considered day-to-day, and they actually play on Thursday night. So we don't know how this one's going to play out. We don't know if he's going to play yet. It, nothing's been released. And then you got Ryan Tannehill. He suffered a high ankle injury. What's concerning with this injury, though, is this is the same injury that he had last year that caused him to miss a lot of the season. So those could be issues moving in to this week's games. So with that being said, gentlemen, I'll go ahead and run you through the uh, Week 7 preview. And we'll kind of go from there. So... First off, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the New Orleans Saints. So, for me, this one was a tough one. I'm not sure if Lawrence is going to be able to play or not. So, that that's kind of what holds me up a little bit. But the Saints defense, they're playing really well as... Or, excuse me. They're playing good uh, for the pass, Right pass defense is up there they're doing well the Saints defense that's I mean as much as I hate to say it they always have a good defense and I hate to say that but like I said this one was a tough one for me but I think the Saints could win this one especially with a beat up Lawrence so Rogue what's your thoughts on Thursday night's game yeah I mean I didn't know that about uh Trevor Lawrence so definitely an eye to keep keep on his status but even if he does play I mean so far this season uh the, the the Jacksonville offense has been a, a little underwhelming. I think some people expected mm-hmm. them to continue that momentum from last year, and having adding Calvin Ridley to the mix would have would have propelled them to the next level. But so far, Ridley's having a a little bit of a quieter year than than maybe he and others have thought he would. Um, 
So coming into the Saints uh, home turf, I think the Saints defense is going to do a going to keep doing a pretty good job of containing the opposing offense. Um, we'll see if uh, Carr can get much going on the offensive side. I know he's been a little slow on that end leading the offense mm-hmm. uh, besides that one Patriots game. But, yeah, my pick will also be the Saints. Okay, okay. What about you, Ray Ray? Uh, at the end of the day, I don't know how you're picking a team that's in our division. I guess you're just not picking with heart. You're picking with your brain, so it probably <laughs> makes you a better person than me when it comes to it, even though we're biased to the Falcons every time. Realistically, I'm going to still go with the Jags. With T. Lawrence, if he plays, that's going to be the flex here. So I'm just going to assume that he is playing, and I'm going to pick the Jags based off the sunshine. Okay. All right. Well, uh, next we got the Falcons versus Buccaneers. Rogue, who do you got winning this game? So I know both of you. I probably know both of your answers already. <laughs> um. So Yeah, so we're really just looking for your answer. <laughs> All right. So don't grow me on this, but I do think that oh, no. the – the Bucks are Get due for <laughs> the Bucks are due for uh, a better performance. I know they've been slacking off uh, these past couple weeks. Um, haven't been playing the best. Uh, Baker struggled, but the run game has also struggled quite a bit. Um, but I think you know divisional matchups uh, always tend to be close. It'd be a good time for the Bucks to get back on track. Uh, Ritter's had a few. Good, okay games, but he's played more bad than good, in my opinion, so far this season. Um, facing a pretty stout Bucks defense is not going to help matters. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Bucks here. Hot take. Who uh who invited this guy? That's blasphemy. <laughs> All right, Ray. I think Ray. it was you. You no, quite whoa, literally whoa. said, "Hey, I have a guest." Whoa, whoa, <laughs> so. whoa! Fake news. Who you got, Ray? Ray? I don't think I think we're just waiting on you here. I think you're the one with the powerpoints on this point. <laughs> All right, so Ray Ray's got the Falcons. We know. Um, so this one, this one, I, I still think the Falcons are the best team in the division. Defensively, they're playing better than the Buccaneers. Uh, I think there's a lot of questions on both sides. Buccaneer Mayfield, I still think is a thing. I think he's had uh, some good, you know, stiff competition lately. And I think they're going to see it in the Falcons. So yeah, yeah, I, I think so. So I think uh, I think the Falcons' defense does get there, and if they protect Ritter, Ritter plays well. Uh, he got sacked a lot, hit a lot, pressured a lot last game. I think this week they protect him, and I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Falcons. It, it's division, so you never know how it's going to go. But I'm going to go ahead and, and roll with the Falcons on this one. So all right. Next, we got Browns versus Colts. Ray Ray, who do you got with this one? Is Anthony Richardson playing? He is I out think, for the season. Yeah, he's got shoulder surgery. Mm. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, well, that means Mishu Mania is coming in, and I'm going to be honest with you, that man comes in, always plays, and plays like he's the best thing ever. And this is like Fitzmagic Jr. He'll come in, and he'll probably play hot for one or two games, and I think this will be one of those two games. 
So I'm going to give it to the Colts just because Garner's going to go out there and be like, I don't know why I'm riding the bench. And then we'll get to week three or four, and he'll go, that's why I was riding the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so Colts. All right, well, uh, with this one, uh, the Colts, like I said, Anthony Richardson's out. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that you said Colts. Like, wait a minute, did I hear him right? Minshew, man, come on. Minshew cannot win a game when the Colts' defense is as bad as they are. And so, it's in the magic. It's stop in. It, man. It's in the magic. It's part of the gimmick. Mm-mm. He's Mm-mm. gonna go and he's gonna go to his bag of pixie dust, and that's why he's only <laughs> gonna win about two games with it because he's gonna run out. Nope. Colts defense is allowing over 378 yards a game, while the defense of the Browns is allowing 205. So. Or 200.5, excuse me. So this one, to me, is a no-brainer. Browns win this one. Who do you got, Rogue? I got to go with the Browns as well. Um, I know losing Chubb and having Watson's status up in the air kind of clouds the Browns' offense. But this past week against the Niners' defense, I mean, yeah, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, you know, the backup running backs, they're, they're putting up some yardage, and I expect them to do the same against the Colts. But really, the story is the the Browns' defense against the Colts and Minshew, I guess. Yeah, Minshew, you know, definitely definitely had his struggles against the Jags, and he only put up some some garbage time stats up late. But against this Browns' defense, that's that's riding high after that Niners win, shutting down that high-powered Niners' offense. No way, I gotta go with the Browns on this one. My man. Well, I'm just trying to make sure I don't get no cookie-cutter win this time <laughs> based off of one game. <laughs> well, uh, next week or next we got Bills versus the Patriots. So it's been three weeks, gentlemen, since the Patriots have had a passing touchdown. In 22 years that Tom Brady played football, he only did that twice. That was his first year as a starter, like first full year. So that was, uh, you know, he was drafted and he played one game that year, and the next year he played a a full season. And that was the only time that he's done that. Um, I don't remember. I think that's when Drew Bledsoe went down. I don't remember what time he stepped back in or anything like that. So he could have not thrown any touchdowns because he didn't get a chance. I have to look at that to be sure. But, again, we're seeing that Mac Jones isn't it, and – I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, man. Can we all agree that the Mac Jones experience it's needs to end? It's like, over. let's just end this experiment, man. Oh, for sure. I mean, come but on. I do think it's uh, no matter who had to play after Brady was gonna get the short end of the stick. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think he can handle criticism enough to be there. I don't think that was the right fit for him. He can't handle criticism enough um, because it's kind of like going and playing in for the New York Knicks or the Yankees, or the Lakers, or any of these teams that are used to winning, you you guys are, you know, some big shoulders. You're going to come in and play. You mean you're going to come in and play once Kobe leaves? And you think you're going to be somebody? You mean you're going to come in and play for the Bulls after, you know, Jordan leaves? Like, it's that mindset. Like, you're never going to fill those shoes. The same way that when Matt Ryan showed up to replace Michael Vick, there was a stigma over him for a long time because everybody loved Vick in Atlanta. And it was, and it took Matt Ryan a long time to get rid of that stigma. So, to me, Bills win this one. Rogue, who you got with this one? Gotta go with the Bills. Um, I know the Bills' offense has had its 
uh, ebbs and flows of the past few weeks. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just based on recent track record, nothing suggests to me that they're going to really struggle against against the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots have, quite frankly, they've just been in disarray. I mean, Mac Jones, to me, he makes maybe one or two good throws a game, but you could say that about Zach Wilson. That's that's the type of level I think Mac Jones is on. Bottom Woo-hoo-hoo. three, bottom five quarterback in the league. You know, he's really, he's no better than Bailey Zapp. You know, when Zapp, Zapp came in last year for, for a couple games, he didn't play much better, but he didn't play much worse either. So, and <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think the Patriots, you know, besides their little Mac Jones problem, they, they got some bigger issues uh, to address just maybe in their drafting. You know, Belichick, he's got he's to look at his coaching staff and himself and ask what needs to change heading into next season. Um, they got to they gotta upgrade their personnel all over on, on Mac Jones' one good throw uh, in that Raiders game, late in that game. Devontae Parker just... Just dropped it. Just couldn't hang on to it. So they got to go out. They got to find some actual wide receivers. None of this WR3, you know, stuff in Kendrick Bourne or Devontae Parker or or Juju Smith. They got to they gotta find some actual weapons if they want to compete. Okay. All right. What about you, Ray? Well, I don't know how you, I'm supposed to follow up Rogue each time after he goes and, <laughs> and gives – all these points. I will say I saw a thing about Belichick saying that the way to fix the team would probably be have him to step down from doing like GM level stuff and just coach. So maybe take away some responsibilities and just focus on winning. But at the end of the day, I think we can all agree the most complete team is them boys. The Cowboys? Them, them table breakers. No, oh, them oh, table gotcha. breaker boys. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make yeah, sure. No. Yeah, no. Okay. The Bills. All right, the well, Mafia. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah. so that's a. I think that's the very first one we've all agreed on. So, since uh, since Ray is complaining, we'll let him go first, and I'll go after Rogue. Then she's no, I like it. It's a. I get a more educated pick that way. Okay. Well, then I definitely want you to go before him. <laughs> I'm just gonna have you answer first every time. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, so... <laughs> what, what what team are we looking at? Oh, geez, Ray, pay attention. All right, so next we got the Commanders versus Giants. Am I supposed to read it off? Or I thought you were gonna. You're setting them up each time. I'm oh. playing t-ball here. You got to put it on the tee for me. Gotcha. Well, I just did Commanders versus Giants. Who you got? Uh, uh, well, that's an easy one to follow off. If you pick the Giants, you might need to go get checked out. Okay. Well, that Commanders. was. I, that's kind of what I had. I literally wrote, yeah. "Come on, man. Uh, what are we doing here? Giants can't figure anything out. Commanders look good after last week win. Commanders yeah. win. I literally wrote no nuts. It was on. like, come on, really." <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Who you got, Rogue? <laughs> yeah, really not much to say here. I mean, the Giants, just a dumpster fire. Words. Nothing, nothing that tells me they'll be they'll be very competitive. So, I roll with the commanders here. Hey, that, the biggest robbery of the century is Danny Dimes' contract. Godly. I don't know, man. Watson's Russell contract. Wilson. Russell Wilson. Ooh, Watson's a good one, too. Fully guaranteed. Yeah, Fully guaranteed, yep. Russell Wilson at least has the pedigree to come with his. It's That's kind right. of like a earned over earned over years thing. Whereas Daniel Jones is like, I came from Duke. I completed my <laughs> rookie contract. I'll take 160 now. Broncos country. Let's ride. They crying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, so uh, next we got Lions versus Ravens. Rogue, who you got winning this one, my man? This is a good game. Um, I know the Ravens, you know, they're still adjusting to to their new OC, um, but they, they've had their share of struggles. I know in the last game, they they basically were throwing the ball pretty well all the way up until the red zone, and then they decided to run and had no success running the ball against the Titans. So hopefully we'll see a little more of an aerial battle between these two teams. But I'm still going to go with the, the hot, hot hand here. I'm going to go with the Lions and the Goffins. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I got the Lions too, man. They're killing it right now. But here's the thing, right? The Ravens, I feel, are quietly performing well right i don't think people are really paying much attention to them with with you know us talking about brock purdy and the dolphins putting up all the numbers and the lions look at them and you know what are the jets going to do and the eagles from week to week the ravens to me are just sliding under the radar like hey yeah keep talking about all them so it's a tough one because they're four and two the lions are five and one which is wild but I think golf is looking good. I think he found his home. I think this is a spot for him. So I'm going to go ahead and edge this one out to the Lions. The 5-1 and one Lions. So who do you got with this one, Ray? I'm inclined to agree here because uh, I did also have the thought of maybe if the Ravens do so bad, Todd Munkin will come back to college football and come back to winning. So that's <laughs> the offensive coordinator that left Georgia, if, you're, if you couldn't remember there, John. Oh, I remember. I remember you loved that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but for real, the Lions do look good. I remember we talked about how it was almost like a death sentence for Goff to go from L.A. to Detroit. Obviously, it was the exact opposite. They look good. Um, Actually, it's fun to see them do that. And I think what Dan Campbell is, see, 13-4 and these past 16 or 16-17 games, something like that. Yeah. So it, yeah. it gives it gives hope to see that maybe Arthur Smith can also flip the script because I know beforehand Dan Campbell was like three and twenty or something wild, something wild. So um, here, here's hoping, but Lions on top on this one. Okay, all right. Next we got the Raiders versus the Bears. Uh, don't really have too much to say about this one, man. Uh, the Bears. Hmm. I don't know if you need to say anything else there. So even a busted up Raiders team can win this one. So Raiders on top. Who you got, Rogue? Oscar, go with the Raiders. Um, no idea if Justin Fields, what's his stats going to be like, but if they roll that that D two undrafted guy Tyson Bagel or Badgent or whatever out there, Max Crosby is gonna gonna feast. So I go with the Raiders. Ray Ray. I'm here for a feasting, so I'm going to have to agree with that. I'm, I'm going to go for the Raiders on this one as well. <laughs> Next, we got uh, Steelers versus Rams. Ray mm-hmm. Ray, who you got winning this one? Man, so, you know, I got George Pickens on the Steelers. So, if, if I'm picking based <laughs> off of fantasy, obviously I want to go with the Steelers. But at the same time, I love watching my friend John Putney cry on Facebook every time the Steelers lose. And, you know... I enjoy the Rams, and we have Matt Stafford over there as a higher-end college fan still, and Stafford being a Georgia boy, I'm going to have to go pull for those Rams. All right. Rogue, who you got with this one? 
This is an interesting game. I think I think this might be one of the closer closest games of the week. Um, you know, Steelers with Mike Tomlin, they're always gonna find some way to win games. Uh, but I just I re- nothing that tickets shown me so far this season has inspired anything in me to say that he's he's gonna be a good quarterback. And on the flip side, Rams got cut back. Their offense is starting to gel again. Their running game was picking up. I know both of their running backs against Arizona got injured. So they're going to rely on a lot of Cup and a lot of Puka. And I think the Rams are going to win a close one. Okay. So I think that the Rams are going to do very, very well. I think the Steelers are underperforming offensively. And I think the Rams wide receiving core is going to do well against the Steelers secondary. So if you ask me to pick, I think the Rams to me are better on both offense and defense. So with this one, I got the Rams winning this one as well. So next we got Cardinals Cardinals versus Seahawks. Cardinals did look rough last week. I'm sure we can all agree on that. Kyler is cleared to play and come back but will he is there no. any reason for him to i would no. say no uh i don't even think they'll be uh, any better with him honestly i think they're over him yeah mm-hmm. so to me this one's easy the 12th man's gonna help seattle come in there and cruise to a win who you got with this one rogue so i'm a seahawks fan and over the years we've had some surprisingly close games with the cardinals um, even lost to some of their backups a few times so, hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I expect this, you know, maybe it won't be as as lopsided as people think. It might be a little closer, but I'm obviously going to have to root with my home team here. I know they struggled last week a lot in the end zone. Um, they got to the red zone, but they just couldn't find ways to score or turning it over. But against this Cardinals defense, it's... Definitely not on the same tier as the Bengals' defense. So, gotta go, gotta go root for my 12s. All right, Ray Ray? Well, uh, I think the Cardinals should be glad that it's supposed to rain a lot in Seattle. So, that way, when they're getting back on the team plane as they take another L, no one will know if it's the rain or if it's the tears <laughs> as they are frustrated <laughs> with their quarterbacks and organization. So, I'm about to go with them sea chickens. I was about to say, mm. you make a pretty good case for who you're picking. <laughs> uh, hey, so next we got the Packers versus the Broncos. Ray Ray, who you got winning this one? Um, It's a tough one. Uh, God, what a game. What a game. <laughs> How? So if I pull for the Broncos, do I have to say let's ride? Of course. Yes, you do. Oh, Okay. Okay. Well, it's also, again, it's hard for me to pull for the Packers because I have stated here multiple times <laughs> that I don't <laughs> like to pull for the Packers. <laughs> so there I am. I'm having to choose, do I stick to my word and not pull for the <laughs> Packers? Or do I know I'm going to take a loss to you on this pick and and hope that my <laughs> other picks <laughs> help me get through this week? Yeah, this one's... Let's ride. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, my God. Rogue, who you got? Please oh tell me goodness. you're better than this, man. Uh, I mean, the Broncos I have to stay have true to, to my conviction. Oh. 
They have just played some ugly football. I mean, defense was historically bad. It's still pretty bad. But Russ and the offense are just regressing week by week after after a good start. But on the Packers' side, you know, they, they're coming off just a, a bye. Jordan Love has had his ups and downs. His last game in Vegas, he struggled. But his first few games, he's shown he's capable. So, <laughs> I mean, this one might be a close one too. But right now, my gut says I'm going to have to go with the Packers. So, I mean, but, that's not a bad pick. But again, I, I had to stick with my conviction here. I, I respect well, like that. <laughs> oh, man. Presley, Presley in my office is going to grill you. He's like, man, your, your podcast co-host. Does he pick with his heart or with his head? I said his heart. His heart. He goes, I can tell. He says he refuses to root for anybody in his division. <laughs> so hey, It's called being a good fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with this one, like like both of y'all said, uh Jordan Love is struggling. Um But man, the Broncos look Horrible. And, and I'm going to go ahead and take this moment to say... Oh, I don't disagree. It couldn't happen to a better head coach. I'm loving the way Sean Payton talks about people and treats people because, uh, again, I don't know if I've ever told the story on the podcast, but uh, he doesn't treat people very nice off the field and outside, normal, everyday people. Mm-hmm. I know because my family's had run-ins with him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's just, just rude. Just rude, entitled. You know, uh, so what, you got a fancy job, like... Ex- Still a person, you know. To me, you treat people with respect. So, um, it's not happening. You know, this this bad season couldn't happen to a better head coach, in my opinion. But I think I'm gonna have to go with the Packers, man, because I don't see how the Broncos. I mean, unless they're playing the Bears, can they really win anything? So that was a low blow. Just being honest with you, man, and. I don't know what's up with the Bears. I, mean, I, I really don't know again, what's up with them. You're not you're not wrong, but <laughs> it's just like I said, I don't know what's up with the Bears because one week you're like, okay. The next week you're like, what? So I don't know. Some man. people just like to disappoint. Story of my life, I'm a Falcons fan. Uh I mean, next we got Chargers versus the Chiefs. So Rogue, who you got winning this one? Hmm. These teams have have played some some close games recently. Um, I know everyone yes, likes to meme on the Chargers for losing these close games. I know Herbert just had his worst game uh, this this past this past week. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go against the grain here. I'm actually gonna say the Chargers for this one. I think Herbert is gonna bounce back and he's gonna have a strong game. And I think the Chiefs are, they've just felt a little off coming off that Super Bowl. I don't think, maybe it's the, I'm not going to mention it, but yeah, I mean, they just have felt a little bit off, a little bit distracted this season. And I think the Chargers uh, might actually sneak one out this time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go against the grain and go with them. Okay. Well, uh. I actually have the Chiefs winning this one. It it was tough. I feel like both teams are kind of struggling, like you said. Uh, Herbert did have a very rough game. Uh, this season, to me, has been rough for him. Uh, maybe a little uncharacteristically rough for him. Mahomes, it's been a rough season for him as well, but 
if anything, we may be seeing like you may be good. You may have some awesome skill sets, but how much does Kelsey play a part in there? Because we've seen you play horribly when he's not on the field. So, you know, it's like, mm, mm. now don't get me wrong. I'm sure that's extremely hard to replace. You know, that's like when the Falcons are on their run and Julio Jones wasn't on the field. It's like, you know, that's a huge blow to your offense. That's like Matt Stafford without Megatron, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're losing more than skill. You're losing when they have to double team him. Knowledge, skill. Just, uh, yeah, you know, they demand a double team. This dude knows how to yeah. read defenses possibly as good as the quarterback. So, you There's know, a lot going on there. There is. And the and the Chiefs have lost a lot of offensive weapons over the year. Over the years with, you know, Tyreek Hill leaving. Juju did really well for them, him leaving, but they've always seemed to be able to replace it. But I can tell you, they've had that rock with Travis Kelsey and Mahomes, and I think I think they're both great with each other there. They they work good with each other. To me, they're they're not as successful without both of them being there. With that being said, I got Chiefs winning this one. Because Mahomes mm-hmm. does seem to always step up when he plays his conference rivals. Who you got winning this one, Ray? Ray? Well, it depends. Is Taylor Swift in the audience or not? I cannot believe you said her name. We have done this whole show hmm. for weeks now without mentioning her, and you just couldn't help yourself. <laughs> uh, well, it's a deciding factor. To I, I try you know to she'll avoid be it. there. Thank you, Rogue. I, I knew I know. exactly what you were doing. Hey, I, I did too. That's why I just, I'm just going to go ahead and just, just throw it out there. I think I agree with you when it comes to Mahomes stepping up. Uh, really, Herbert, it was down. He's not likely to be down again. But with Chiefs being at home and everything, it's hard to root against the Chiefs to take this one, even with them looking bad. So the Red Kingdom will walk away with the W. Okay. Next we got uh, possibly one of the games of the week here, depending on who you are, and that is the Dolphins going to play the Eagles. With this one being said, I'm going to go ahead and pass this one off to Rogue first because I'm sure he's going to like this one. What, who you got winning this one, Rogue? Oh, boy. This is definitely a great pick for Sunday night football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, both teams, only one loss. Dolphins high-flying offense. Eagles going through some uh, some offensive lows, coming off a loss, um, playing in Philly. You know, it's... It's going to be exciting. That's all I know it's going to be. Um, <laughs> if I had to make a pick, though, hmm, the Eagles' secondary is my biggest concern. Um, they've, you know, their front seven is is great, but their secondary is looking a little rough back there. And the Dolphins, you know, they got speedsters all over their team. They got Tyreek Hill, who could just blow the top off. So. I'm going to have to go with the Dolphins here. I think the Dolphins are going to take advantage of a of a depleted Philly secondary, and I don't think the Philly offense is going to be able to keep up if it turns into a shootout. Okay. Well, uh, Eagles did just lose their first game last week, and I'll be honest with you, I think they're going to lose this week as well. To me, a healthy tool with this receiving core is going to be very tough. For the Eagles to shut down. I do think that the Eagles have one of the best corners in the league with uh, Darius Slay back there. But I I just don't think that that offense can compete with the Dolphins. I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know really who can, to be honest with you, man. Besides division rivals, right? Because they play them twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of a you know anomalies for a lot of teams. I don't know anybody else that can compete with them. So, hey, sorry, Silva. I just don't see them winning this game. I mean, they did just lose to the Jets. So, I'm taking Dolphins this week. Ray, who you got with this one? Uh, fins up. It's like that, huh? Yeah, my, my, yeah, yeah, no. My buddy Winters told me he's going to stab me if I don't fins up every time. So. Oh, okay, I'm going to need okay. you to start trying to... Trying to reassociate yourself with some people <laughs> that uh, don't hey, jeopardize your health. Look, I, he said I, I either pick the Dolphins over the Eagles or I was going to find out. So, oh, that can mean a lot of things. So, yeah, next so, on Monday up. Night Football, we got the <laughs> 49ers versus Vikings. Who do you got winning this one, Ray Ray? So it's going to depend on our day by days, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what? Because that's what CMC is and. Debo and Trent Williams. Yeah, Trent Williams. So CMC is good to go. It's going to really depend on your day by days, man, because that's two that's two big bad things to take in a hit. If they're good to go, 49ers, I think just are just easily win this, bounce back. It's hard to, I think it's hard for this team to have two bad weeks in a row, right? Not two bad weeks total, but back to back. And Vikings, man, I just as much as you want to love Kirk with them having. JJ is, is still out, right? He's still not there. Mm-hmm. It's your favorite target, man. It's hard to do without your favorite target. We just talked about this with Mahomes and Kelts. It's hard to do. So with that, I think those those minor 49ers are going to take it away. Okay. Rogue, who you got winning this one? I'm going to have to second that. And as much as I dislike my divisional rivals, I'm going to have to go with the Niners as well. I think... You know, they're going to be a little angry coming off that brown sauce. But I think even even if CMC and Debo are, are both out um, for that game and just taking time to rest up, I think the offense, Shanahan's going to find a way to get it done. Um, the The Vikings offense against the Bears this past week with uh, with Jay Jettis out didn't look great. Um, I know they got, they got some options. Uh, they got Addison, and, you know, he's going to become a pretty good wide receiver eventually. But, yeah, the Vikings have, I guess this year it's been kind of a flip script. They've been losing all their close games instead of winning them. And that Niners defense is still imposing as ever. So, going to go with the Niners here. Okay. I uh, I also have the Niners. Um, again, it's hard to choose against that team, even if they're missing People, I still think that given the week they have to kind of move around and, and make stuff happen, um, I, I think they're going to be the team that it's going to be hard to beat them, right? Uh, I don't think that the Vikings are that team that will beat them. So with that being said, I'm going to say the 49ers take this one as well. So, well, gentlemen... That closes the games to watch out. There's uh, some yeah, good the games. The bye week does beat the Cowboys. <laughs> Couldn't help yourself. Oh, man. This uh, th- this does have a pretty good matchup, so I hope we see some good games. I'm extremely excited about Sunday night's game. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm also excited about the Lions and Ravens. 
Jags and Saints. Hopefully, it can turn out to be a good game. Falcons and Buccaneers. So there's some there's some ones that arguably should be pretty good matchups. Chargers Chiefs. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope uh hope we got a good week of football this week. So well, yeah, a lot harder picks this week than last. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Way harder this week. So well, gentlemen. We're at that. Uh, we're at the end of the show this week. So, this is a uh, rogue. Just so you're aware, this is where we we like to give our listeners a fact of the week. So, Ray, Ray, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it over to you first. You got me a fact of the week. Yes, uh, I do. So we're gonna NBA is not here, but we're gonna kick an NBA one just because I, I saw this and thought it was pretty neat. Kind of speaks of greatness. So starting in 1990. Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls never had a three-game losing streak for eight years. I think I have seen that one before, and that is uh, yeah. that's a wild, wild. Yeah, I, I got one more neat one for you. That's Olympic based. If you're ready for it, oh, of course. Yeah, tug of war was in the Olympics from 1900 and 1920. Oh, tug of war. Tug of war. Yep, yep. So for what would that be? The five Olympics. From 1900 to 1920, yeah, tug of war. Yeah, I'm trying to win a gold medal for tug of war. Hey, heck yeah, <laughs> I, I might have a chance to be an Olympian now. <laughs> well, uh, well, I think uh, I think really one of the only facts I have this week, man, and, and I know it's been played out a lot, is uh, the New York Jets had defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. The first time ever in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Um, that's huge. You just that's you huge. Ju- this is like an anti Silva. No, 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 no. Because I'm gonna also I'm gonna also hit him with this one too, right? This one kind of leads me <laughs> okay. into my next thing. So Fox televised the Jets and Eagles game, and it averaged 26 million viewers. Now, why is that important? It's the most watched television program since the Super Bowl. So. That was a huge game. That wow. was a very huge game. Yeah, that's just week six matchup. So Silva will have that lean uh, to hang his hat on there that you know his team has the two biggest watch programs in the last what ten months, nine months. So. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. No Aaron Rodgers playing. No, um, you know you'd think it'd be a Chiefs game. Surprising. You would think it'd be something else, you know what I mean? You don't think it would have been that because I would assume everybody thought the Eagles were going to run all over the Jets. Mm-hmm. I turned down a bet from Silva. He wanted to bet me money. I turned it down. Too bad. Well, uh, well, gentlemen, y'all got any shout-outs this week? We'll go ahead and let Rogue, since he's the special guest, you got any shout-outs this week? Sure. Uh, so I appreciated being a guest on this week. I am the founder and commissioner of a, of a partner uh, affiliate to Late to Work Sports, and we are known as First Intent. I founded it with my friends back in 2020, and we've been kicking it for a couple years, been growing a lot. So it's a discussion hub. We do a lot of similar sports talk to Late to Work Sports. It's always good. Uh, collaborating and talking, but if you have a chance, you can always check us out through the Discord server in the Partners tab 
But if you have any questions or if you want to chat sports with me, I'm always down. So shout out for some 10. Oh yeah. And they, uh, they do have some good stuff on there, man. There's a couple guys I know that you're partnering with that also do news articles, right? They write their own stuff. So super cool. Also, I've seen they've done like graphics in the past. So definitely, uh, definitely if you're into sports, right. And you're in our discord, you got to jump in the partners tab, check them out. They are well worth an ad. Always something going on. Always people talking. So yeah, definitely a good time. So Ray Ray, what about you? You got any shout outs? Uh, yeah. So I have recently got back into doing BJJ. So I would like to shout out my gym that I was away from for a year after being there for a year of Rolling Panda Jiu-Jitsu. It's a very fitting name once you meet everybody there. But there are some guys that would absolutely throw you around and treat you like a rag doll. Uh, tonight's was pretty fun as I felt like probably how you do when you play against your seven-year-old and you just throw him around. Yeah, that's how it felt. Remember, was, he's eight now. Oh, man. Wow, it's crazy. They, uh, yeah. Time's flying. Mm-hmm. Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're still throwing him around as much as you want to like a rag doll. That's how it felt. I got manhandled. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, this week I want to get, I got like uh, two two shout outs. Um the first one, obviously, is my boy, my middle child, Logan. He turned four this past week, this past Thursday. So, uh, and it was almost like instantly, it went from daddy to dad, and uh, now it's father. Yeah, he just says <laughs> stuff, and you're like, you're like, what? Like he just says something. It's almost like his intelligence went from being a little kid to like, you know, a teenager overnight, and it's like, what? He's like, I come home. He's like, yeah. I come home. He's like, hey, dad. Like, okay, what's up, bud? Like, (laughs) I'm I'm aware of my existence. I'm dead now. Okay, you know, used to be, hey, daddy. Now it's, hey, dad. (laughs) He's not on autopilot anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so that's my first shout out. You know, happy birthday, Logan. And then, uh, obviously, my second shout out is uh, to the 12th Marine Corps District. So that is the recruiting district that I currently work for. we are uh, crushing it. We start our first month's mission uh, this month right, for the new FY. And my sector, San Diego, is destroying the mission. Uh, we're doing great. We're already, I think uh, I think we're starting on month three right now. So we're almost done through December. And it'll get us started into January's mission this month. Uh, I got three new guys working with me. And then one up in uh, up in Oakland sector, but uh, great group of people, man. Uh, if you listen to the show and you're in the area in the Marine Corps, you know you can definitely reach out to us, check us out. Uh, everybody just kind of wants to help Marines, man. We we got this this great situation where we can just you know not really even focus on mission per se, just focus on taking care of Marines and getting them you know, stuff that fits for them and works for them. We don't necessarily have to try to get them in because there's so many and we're so far ahead. So it's a really cool situation to be able to help, you know, my uh, my fellow brothers and sisters. So shout out 12th Marine Corps District. Well, Rogue, we appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been awesome, man. You are extremely knowledgeable and... Um, I don't know if we'll invite you again though because you didn't pick the Falcons, so we'll have to we'll have to huddle up and talk about this later. But 
But uh, thanks for coming on the show, man, for real. I appreciate y'all having me. And hopefully I, I oh, get sure. an invite back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Come back. He's going to like, business first, Falcon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No. We'll hey, we definitely appreciate you coming on for sure. For sure. And uh, I'll make sure from, from now on I root against the Seahawks. So, <laughs> Amen. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Geno Smith still aren't writing back in case we're curious. Mm-hmm. But, hey, Ray Ray, with that being said, man, we are at the end of the show. So I want to go ahead and let everybody know. Check out our social medias. Check out our uh, Instagram, Facebook. You know, we got a Discord. Check that out. We're always talking sports in there. You know, just everything, man. We got our website. If you want to be on the show, like Rogue was, you can go ahead and check out our website. Uh, it's in the description for this podcast. Go there. There's a form you can fill out, and you can actually be invited onto the show, too. We're always looking for new people because we just love talking sports and love hearing other people's thoughts and opinions. Even if they don't align with us, like not picking the Falcons, <laughs> we're okay with that, man. Like, we want okay. people on here. Yeah. Yep. We don't judge too hard. Opinions. Exactly. Exactly. So, with all that being said, Ray Ray, I got <clears throat> nothing. Uh, I'll pick up the slack with don't forget about our – with our, our affiliates with Bucked Up and with the, uh, oh. what's, what's the other one? Savage Barbell. That's in the description so as well. Boom. Other <laughs> than that, man, the only thing I am late for now is bedtime as it is 1 in the morning. I stayed up for 23 hours yesterday, and I am on four hours of sleep now. What I'm talking about? Hey. I don't, I don't know if I'm hearing voices or if I'm hearing my bed calling my name. It's one <laughs> of the two. Hey, man, just come on out here, and we'll put you on a recruit mission in the morning. Oh, okay. I bet you would like that. <laughs> hey, so with that, again, thanks, Rogan, for coming on the show. Ray Ray, that's it. I got nothing. You got nothing. And, hey, with that being said, we're late to work sports, and we out. See ya. See ya.